When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. It is another Wednesday night, so you know what that means. You're spending it and topping it off with Alfred and Justin. That's right. It is Wrestling Inc. Whatever channel you're on, whether it's the platform of Twitch, whether it's YouTube, whether you're checking out the audio after the fact, we appreciate it, and we hope you enjoy the ride. I'm Justin LaVar alongside Alfred Cunnable from Forbes.com. We got AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming to talk about. We got some news headlines, some very interesting news headlines to talk about. We got some Manscaped. Of course, thank you, Manscaped, to talk to you about. But first, just the normal pleasantries. Alfred, how are you doing tonight? Good. Doing great. Uh, it's a holiday season, Justin. I don't know if you feel like it is. I just now started getting around to putting my Christmas tree up. So I'm finally starting to get into the holiday spirit 10 days beforehand. Uh, but I feel good. It's always good. It's hot weather, so that's a good thing. And uh, I'm feeling good. How about you, man? Wait a minute. It's de- it's We are almost – it is the final <laughs> hours of December 15th, and you finally got the tree up. I finally got the trip. And you know what? It's going to stay up probably until February. So, you know, maybe I'm just on a different clock than everybody else. Oh, humbug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, with the, you know, at that point, you might as well just keep the tree up year round and let it just be a different holiday. Like, do Valentine's Day in February, Easter tree, you know, yeah. uh, Easter tree in April. Just go, just go around the horn. St. Patty's Day around the tree. And who knows? Maybe I'll do that. That's the way to go. And you just put, yeah, St. Patty. Yeah, put like a little, uh, put like a little mini bar size. Uh, bottles as your ornaments on the tree when it <laughs> comes around St. Patty's Day. That'll work. That'll I work. Love it. Uh, love everybody here uh, on the live chat with us, of course, if you want to uh, ensure you get your comment fast-tracked <clears throat> to be part of the show. Make sure you send that moolah to Raj, a little bit of super chat. Uh, but first, before we get into anything else, let's do some uh, let's do some news headlines, Alfred. Let's first talk about the story that's uh, dominated uh, the headlines today, and that is first reported by Fightful Select. That Kevin Owens, he is not all elite. No, he is staying with World Wrestling Entertainment. He is staying with WWE. Uh, signed the new deal. Uh, recorded, uh, you know, an excellent offer is one quote uh, that that was accepted. Said, said to be a multi-year deal. So obviously, you're going to lock him up for some time. But uh, I mean, Alfred, reaction to this. I mean, obviously, we we've been KO has been one we've been on the watch with for the last several months as it kind of became public that his deal. I think I think his previous deal now. Uh, was going to set to expire like around like January of 2022. So of course, you know, in this day and age with uh, with AEW around and the different options, we were watching Kevin Owens heavily featured on Raw. That doesn't always mean that you're staying. That sometimes can mean we're going to try to you know make you damage goods on your way out. But uh, he decides to stay. What do you think about this? 
Uh, I'm slightly surprised by the fact that Kevin Owens is staying. Uh, I'm surprised that he signed the contract this early uh, because his contract isn't even expired yet. Uh, but he has seemingly been negotiating, if you will, with some of the tweets he's been sending out with the coordinates of Mount Rushmore and the references on Raw kind of intimating Mount Rushmore and saying that maybe he's going to leave. Uh, but now Kevin Owens back with WWE. Maybe he knew all along and he was trolling. Uh, but I think that uh, I thought that he was going to be an AEW. Star. I thought he was AEW bound. I had mentioned on various podcasts that I thought that he seemed checked out on WWE television and he wasn't really being booked the best. So it, it did seem like possibly Kevin Owens, based on the fact that a lot of other people had left uh, WWE to go to AEW, that he possibly could be a candidate. And he is a prototypical type of person who AEW really pushes hard. He checks three of the main boxes they have and that he's Caucasian. He's a former ROH star and he's a WWE superstar. And having those three things at the same time gets you into a big push on day one as we saw with adam cole cm punk brian danielson cody rhodes and kevin owens would have fit right into that mix i think uh, but apparently he really likes it at wwe and i know that there's a lot of people saying that why would you sign a wwe contract because i do agree with what tony khan said in that you're not signing a real contract like right. kevin owens can get it too come january when it's time to cut people but at the same time it's a calculated risk because i don't think it's a good look for wwe to re-sign a guy and then cut him a month later given the fact that there are two free agents out there with kyle o'reilly and johnny gargano and any other subsequent free agent they try to sign it's a big leverage hit to sign a guy re-sign him and then cut him then it's going to be a lot harder to re-sign future free agents so i think kevin owens contract is safe for the time being but a very interesting decision by kevin owens well, you are right. He does kind of fit like the AEW mold and the, the fact that he has so much history with so many guys that are now you know, there at AEW. Uh, but, and, and you're right. It, it, at least on the surface, we think that at any point, you know, they could get through Mania and, and they might go, oh, we need to make another budget cut. And, oh, we're paying we're paying Kevin Owens seven figures. Ah. But then again, we what we also don't know is depending on how bad WWE actually wanted him in this moment now. If, if it was one of these things of, okay, we do need this guy because he is versatile. He can be a, a top babyface and he can also be a top heel. Um, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's well-liked by all accounts. So, you know, he keeps the peace in terms of the locker room and, and, you know, I don't know about being a leader, but again, keeps the peace. So it's like right now, if WWE truly did want him and if, and if he did, if, if he, Kevin Owens, sensed that he has that leverage that, hey, they want me to say they don't want to see me go somewhere else, and then who knows what he might have been able to negotiate. You know, every, I mean, every contract is there for you to negotiate. And, you know, not Kevin Owens isn't often spoken about in the same sentences as Roman Reigns or John Cena as being in that elite class. But again, if he sensed the leverage and says, you know what, this might be the last negotiation I get to have. This might be my last contract I get as a, as a full-time performer. Who knows what, what he might have been able to work in there. And what I'm implying is, you know, maybe he's seen what, what's happened to his colleagues over the last two years, and maybe he was able to work something there saying, look, no matter what, I'm a, this is the guarantee I'm going to get no matter what, uh, you know, even if I get, you know, who knows what he might have been able to negotiate to get done. And that may have been why he did decide to sign now, because he got them to blink and say yes, and he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to wait around and let them change their mind. He wanted to get, you know, ink to, ink to paper. So whatever it is, and I think we're going to get some more details here the next uh, few days, I sense, uh, you know, good news for Kevin Owens. Um, and, you know, now that totally changes my perspective of watching Monday Night Raw. Now knowing next week when I watch Raw and he's in this top title picture, and now that I know that he's there to stay, that's good. That could definitely change the booking uh, directions. 
Yeah, definitely. And I like your reference to the details of this contract because I know no cut contracts are very rare. But if I'm Kevin Owens in his position with his contract coming up in the climate of WWE right now, at the very least, I'm asking for a no cut contract or some type of assurance in that if you cut me, I get some type of bonus or whatever, uh, because you, we've seen that it does not matter. There's a, basically Roman Reigns and Randy Orton are safe. I think, and everybody else needs to kind of worry about their job. So in that climate, if I'm Kevin Owens, I'm at the least getting assurances from WWE that um, I get to resign, I get to stay here for a certain amount of time, and I get to take care of my family because Kevin Owens is the family first guy. Yeah, I've always, contracts are always such a funny thing, especially when you get in the sports world. And I, like, I think about uh, Moneyball. I mean, you've been out in California, you, you know Moneyball. <clears throat> like I think about like the, 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 the movie with Brad Pitt where they're, you know, re retelling and reliving the the story of Billy Bean and, and putting the team together under, under the premises of, of the money ball. And, you know, like when he wants to get, I forget the player off the top of my head. Uh, it might have been Justice. Yeah, David, when he get David Justice from the Yankees. <laughs> and, you know, he's talking and, 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 and at one point he's talking to David Justice. He's like, you pay me six million dollars to play, uh, or you pay, you pay me five million dollars to play baseball, or, or you pay me seven million dollars, uh, as a baseball player. He's like, no, he's like, the, the Yankees pay three and a half. That's how much the Yankees. <laughs> want to get rid of you they're willing to pay three and a half to play against you i always think contracts are funny and i kind of think if you're kevin owens you almost got to again try to negotiate that kind of mentality where okay if you're gonna cut me it's gonna if you you want somebody else to take me uh so you can have your budget cut uh it, it's gonna cost you even when you have to cut me you gotta you know if get a good lawyer i just hope kevin owens had a good lawyer apparently yeah. he did he got a he got a deal that he's happy with i think he well, did. i think something he got a good deal i think and I think also probably another thing in terms of the terms, never mind, also obviously money, but of course the terms being how many days does he need to work? And again, I'm not suggesting he's going to be in like Brock Lesnar mode where we'd be able to literally, you know, keep actual track of how many matches he has. But certainly it, now that they're back to touring and house shows, this guy's a family guy. Um, I think his family, I think they, I don't know if they went back to, they were in Florida for the longest time. I think they might be back in Canada now. So, mm. you know, I'm sure he's, you know, probably working in something like, hey, I want to be home a certain amount of time too. So, um, you know, where's the negotiation on how many dates I got to work? So, well, Kevin Owens is, uh, he's WWE. He's not all elite right now. Who is all elite is MJF, but maybe MJF could one day be in Stanford. Who knows? Uh, another story you can read about here on wrestling Inc is that, uh, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men radio, uh, show reporting that WWE uh, and their TV partners, Fox and the USA network all have uh, an interest in, in WWE signing a guy like MJF. That's uh, supposedly MJF is somebody who has caught their attention, obviously, especially now with this high profile uh, segment with uh, CM, uh, a feud with CM Punk. And of course, uh, Zarian's noted how MJF's uh, current AEW deal does not expire till 2024. MJF did actually acknowledge, too, on Twitter this report, and uh, he wrote the bidding war of 2024. So, kind of leaning into it. Talk about, talk about leverage when you have people for, you know, when you have people two years out uh, already. Uh, talking about you leaving and going to the competition, and, and then and then you're playing along. Uh, you know, he, I'm sure he can smile and say, "Tony Khan, hey Tony, I'm I'm AEW for life." But if you're Tony Khan, you got to know that uh, there's a bit of leverage here that you have to battle with uh, that MJF has in his favor. Yeah, the fact that MJF has so much freedom to talk about the bidding war of 2024 uh, tells me that he 
intends to stay with AEW and maybe he's just doing this to troll people, to mess with people, and he's doing this whole bidding war thing to get people talking, you know, maybe in real life to get him more leverage because this is going to definitely create a bidding war, so to speak. But the fact that he's so open talking about that, it's almost a gimmick at this point that there's going to be a bidding war for MGF in 2024. But that's also legit. Like once we actually get to that year and there's a real bidding war, I don't expect these references to be so freely made on AEW television and on Twitter and whatnot, because I think it's going to be more real behind the scenes. And yes, WWE is very, very interested in MGF. He really seems to be the only person on their radar in terms of somebody who could potentially be a WWE superstar. Uh, in terms of what I've heard. And uh, I think it's going to be very interesting because we laugh about this and it's funny to say bidding war 2024, but this is a situation that could work itself into a shoot really quick to where once you get those digits put in front of you, then doing the whole gimmick is going to turn into a real thing. Like, you know, maybe I should go to WWE if they're going to pay me this much. Well, the trouble is though, and obviously, uh, especially this time right now with WWE, who knows what they look like in 2024. Uh, the way things are changing and, you know, we, we, obviously Nick Khan's influence, the way, I mean, it, it's hard to say. But if in 2024 they are still doing things the same way, still have the same policies and procedures in play, you know, are still PG, are still, are still, you know, they still handle creative the same way. MJF is, is a rare guy in today's, in today's pro wrestling who gets actual heat. He's not worried about selling T-shirts. He's not worried about being liked um at a meet and greet um you know he he gets actual heat and he relishes in it he's not the biggest physical guy but he comes off as yeah go ahead and try to yell at me and fight me on the street like that's that's the kind of heat that old school heat that he wants and i and that's that's his appeal and i feel like in the current wwe if that's still if the current wwe is still such in 2024 a lot of that greatness out of mjf will get sterilized so uh, and i would think that he would be able to recognize that as well i mean you know money is money but at the same point that uh, this is also a guy. This is also a young man who's been very. I mean, he's been aware of his brand since he was, you know, um, you know, he wasn't even an illegal adult. He's been aware. He's been aware of his of his brand, and he's been long term playing. I think that he would know there would be a real chance while he might get richer going to WWE in two years that his brand or legacy could be severely damaged because he wouldn't have the same creative freedoms. He would have a lot more restraint that would, you know, stop him from being the MJF that he likes to be. Yeah, that's a great point because on the surface, he seems like the most WWE guy in AEW. Like, he does seem like somebody who is a superstar and he's got the look and he's just kind of like your heel who who gets heat and stuff like that. But when you look at the subject matter, including like his promo tonight, I couldn't picture him being able to say stuff like that in uh, WWE. He's not going to say that, hey, your, your whole city swallows. There's a lot of stuff that he couldn't say. And I think he's talented enough to get around that. But as much of a WWE guy as he seems, his content is not going to be WWE friendly in the PG world. What I think the difference is going to be is money in that WWE is going to come up, I think, by 2023, they're going to sign a new deal. You see what NHL got and how they're kind of dying uh, really at a faster pace with WWE. And I think WWE, as much money as they got, the billions of dollars they got, is going to get more money the next time they resign. And we could be in a situation where MJF has offered the most money ever for a pro wrestling contract. Uh, as crazy as that sound. I mean, that might piss off the rest of the locker room, so we're going to have to mind that. But I think uh, if he gets a big enough deal, there might be too much money offered for him to pass it up. Yeah, and just to further just to uh, wrap up the story. So again, uh, Andrew Zarian he noted in his report that a reliable source at one of the networks, one of the TV networks, either Fox or USA, uh, a reliable source of the networks recently commented on the November seventeenth MJF Punk Dynamite promo segment 
And this source at the TV network said, quote, I actually stopped what I was doing and listened to him. I don't think I've ever done that with a pro with, I don't think I've done that with pro wrestling in a long time. So supposedly that's again, one of the sparks of like the attention grabbing that he's doing to those who are airing WWE right now. Like, Hey, this guy could be somebody we want on our TV. So, uh, again, crazy times. We'll see, but, uh, Definitely a very interesting story. Got a couple super chats we'll get to right after we finish the news here. One more story. Sticking with AEW. <laughs> you can read again about all the wrestling. Alfred, somebody snuck in the locker room. Some some jabroni managed last week in Long Island. Long Island. Uh, managed to get by the UBS, uh, UBS Arena security uh, saying that, you know, basically that he, he, was, a, he was an extra. He was a, you know, there to do extra work. And ended up getting into the backstage, and he, uh, he he caught some attention because he went and he sat in a spot that apparently was a spot that Dax Harwood was sitting in. Dax told him, get out of my seat. And then he ended up moving, and he ended up sitting into a spot that belonged to the Blade. And then people start realizing, who who is this guy? Who's, who's, who's sitting here? And he starts to say that he's an extra, and he starts putting stuff on his armbands as if he's you know getting ready to, to go out and be doing something in front of the crowd. They're asking, like, who trained you? He's saying Jeff Hardy. Well, Jeff Hardy doesn't train anybody. Guy should have done some better. Home. He should have had a better backstory. Yeah. You know, he should he should have uh, he should have wedding crashers it. You know, you gotta have the fam- updated family tree. You know, we're we're from Vermont with the maple <laughs> syrup conglomerate. You gotta he gotta do the you gotta do the your, your due diligence. He did not. Uh, <laughs> eventually, uh, he would get <laughs> escorted out. But uh, apparently, he's done this before. This this guy is not uh, a first timer uh, for this. So he. He crashed AEW's locker room, uh, Alfred. Hey, there you go. So, so, so some some jabroni who just probably looks like some jabroni off the street uh, apparently fits in to be an extra, according to the UBS security. <laughs> yeah, he passed as an extra for the time being. This is where I think, because I'm not a big fan of all the unwritten rules in pro wrestling that are liable to get you heat and stuff like that. I understand why they're there, and there should be a protocol, and people should respect uh, each other and stuff like that, but there's a lot of unwritten rules, and I feel like this is where these unwritten rules came in handy in that they quickly weed out an outsider who's not adhering to them because he sat in Dax Harwood's seat. Then he sat in somebody else's seat who's an AEW talent, uh, and then they immediately were able to weed him out based on like the seating protocol. So there is a process in place in pro wrestling that you know maybe these uh, unwritten rules cause people to, to get frustrated in terms of their favorite stars getting buried and stuff like that. But it seems like these work to weed out somebody who shouldn't have been there. So, you know, the next time if you're going in there, be familiar with things like that. Because if you don't shake somebody's hand the correct way or whatnot, you might be weeded out if you're trying to infiltrate the AEW locker room. That's my least favorite. You know, work. I've been, been working as a performer pro wrestling shows for 10, 11 years now. And that's my least favorite is the handshake. It's it's just it's just because because it is it's like if you show up and it's not just uh, it's not just the wrestlers I mean you you want to the ring crew the, the you know if you have production people if it, if, it, if there's a you know visual element like everybody like you know people taking the you know and it's like you show up it's like this whirlwind and you're trying you're trying to remember that I get everybody and then it's like you have these moments where like especially if it's a you know if it's a guy in the locker room who you know. I think I don't remember if I if I shook his hand. So then you end up going again, and then you end up shaking his hand twice. It's like <laughs> it's just I was really hoping that COVID would kind of flush that tradition out, and that we could all just you know just go with a nod or maybe just a fist bump casually and you know whatever. But, but unfortunately, the handshake's still there. So it's, really, uh, so it's still the, I was, was going to follow up and say, is that still a thing with COVID time? It, it is on the independent scene. I mean, I haven't been. I, I haven't. I haven't asked anybody at like WWE or if, if that's. But I, I assume that it's still there, right? But, you know, but I assume you know. I thought we at least can graduate to like fist bumps or elbow bumps or something, you know. Sure. I don't know. 
Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Gotta have the handshake. All right, let's do a couple super chats here. Uh, Bad Keith Gaming, $5. Dynamite would have been a great TV show if they didn't act like we would get a ton of surprises tonight. Well, I don't know. I, I can't I can never tell anymore, Alfred. If like the if 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 we thought we were gonna get a ton of surprises, if that's us just manufacturing our own hype of naming how many people are free agents that Tony Khan has signed all of them and just and assuming that they're all gonna show up on a on a given night. I don't know. I didn't feel like I was necessarily waiting on a surprise tonight. I was just waiting on some of the matches that they advertised, which had stories behind. Yeah, AEW never really, I don't think they advertised that there were going to be big surprises. I think people just kind of worked themselves up into that based on last year's winter of coming when freaking Sting showed up. So now maybe they're just looking at that and they're saying, okay, well, this must be big surprise. And I almost don't blame them. Like, you can't be self-entitled and, and think that they owe you anything. But at the same time, if you looked at this card, there's only, I think, four matches advertised. So me looking at this card, I thought to myself, okay, so this world title match is going to go a long time. Or there are going to be a bunch of surprises. So I thought that might be a possibility. But the fact that it didn't happen, I think, uh, was due to the fact that they had a long world title match. And speaking of that match, uh, Corey Pride, $5, says Page versus Danielson gave me Bachwinkle versus Hennig, AWA vibes tonight. Before you crap on the finish, appreciate the body of work. Uh, yeah, we we'll get will, on that. We will I'll dive into that. Crap. We will dive into that in just a moment. But before we get into what was the one-hour Broadway if you're going to have a one-hour Broadway in this holiday season, you want to make sure you are trimmed and ready to go. That's right. It's the holiday season. And if you want a great gift or stocking stuffer, then we're talking about our friends at Manscaped. That's right. Manscaped has the tools to guarantee that you win this year's stocker stocking stuffing. Let's try that again. Stocking stuffer competition. Hey. So if you you, know, if you got the work, you know, Secret Santa, I mean, Manscaped, you really can't go wrong. And using the code WINC20, you can save 20% and get free shipping there's over four million men worldwide two of them right here and we can all tell you manscapes the real deal they are here to stay it, that, that that can be seen by the product line continuing to grow i'm i'm, I'm seeing more and more uh you know, manscape references and advertisements they're here to stay because the product is legitimate uh ho 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 fellas naughty or nice you deserve this manscape they uh, still have the best-selling product of the uh, Performance Package 4.0. should be at the top of your wish list. There's also the Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. And there's also the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget about the liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. There's also now the Boxers. There's the, uh, the, 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 the Travel Kit, the Shaving Kit. There's the wonderful T-shirts, uh, very comfortable, I might add you. Um, now they also have some new products. They have the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, so you got uh, two birds being uh, killed with one stone. You got the Manscaped Cologne-infused body wash, the Shears 2.0 luxury four-piece nail kit, uh, all kinds of wonderful products that Manscaped has. So whether you're getting them all as one big bundle, whether you're going to go a la carte and pick some of the products I just listed, again, great ideas for you, if you just want to buy a present for yourself, you deserve it. It's been another crazy year in this world. Or if you're looking for something for uh, your fellow man as a present. Or ladies, if you're looking at something for your man. If you're trying to give him a little hint, hint, wink, wink here, give him some manscape. Shape <laughs> him up. Get him into shape here. Alfred and I can attest it's the way to go. Uh, it's going to have you, again, smelling, looking, and feeling good. And I'm feeling in multiple ways. And, again, we're giving you a great chance here to save some money. Save 20% plus free shipping. In this day and age, with shipping and the annoyance of that, 
We'll take it right out. We'll take the price out of it. It's free. Manscaped.com. Use the code WINC20. And that, that, that's the way to go, Alfred. I mean, it's Christmas time. Manscaped, you got to have it. Yeah, and you know why it took so long for me to finally get into the Christmas spirit? It's because I already got my Christmas gift when Manscaped sent me some of their great products. They've got some of these razors and this great uh, cologne that I'm wearing right now, which is just a wonderful scent, wonderful musky scent uh, with this Manscaped Refine. So I absolutely love Manscaped. I, I have all the Christmas gifts I can ever want, uh, thanks to the good people there. And I love that T-shirt, Justin the Bar. Look very, yes. very form-fitting on you. Yes, T-shirts comfortable. The boxers are comfortable. It's all good, all good. So again, W I N C twenty. Use the code. Uh, again, you have nothing to lose. Seriously, just go to manscape.com. If you keep hearing and haven't tried it, but you keep hearing, it's like there's a reason. Like it, it, it's it's a good product, and 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 it's succeeding. So they're sticking around to continue to make sure uh, that we can pump out the message and 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 spread the word. So go try it. Manscape.com. Save twenty percent plus free shipping. W-I-N-C-20. Thank them, as always, Manscaped, for what's been a great 2021, and we look forward to the future. Uh, Super Chat coming in here, $5 from Ron Taylor. I want to see more of Jade Cargill. I would love to see her headline WrestleMania versus Bianca or Charlotte if she was in WWE. She's box office. Uh, Yeah, Ron, I mean, I'm a a big Jade fan. I mean, she's certainly got a presence to her, uh, uh, an intimidating look, but at the same time, beautiful, I mean, which is just a great combination. Uh, you know, I'm not going to fantasy book her in WWE because she's not in WWE, but I'm going to say this. Uh, I think Alfred and I both agree. She's going to have a big 2022. Oh, 100%. That's another bidding war that we're going to have to uh, pay attention to in terms of Jade Cargill. And, you know, I'm going to fantasy book her just short. This is just a pipe dream, okay? This is not really even fantasy booking. If she does make her way to WWE, I really do want her to debut in the Men's Royal Rumble whenever her contract is up. I think it'd be a lot of fun. All right. You heard, you heard the booking right there first. For, uh, for Jay Cargo and WWE. All right, let's jump into AEW Dynamite winners coming, coming to you from Garland, Texas, just outside of Dallas. And we kick it off. That's right. Here comes Brian Danielson. We are going to kick it off with this world title match. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Alfred, my first thought as I realized that they're going to start with this it was, I, for, first off, when they started, I did not think that this was going to go the distance that it did. But I did think, okay, they're putting this on first. Maybe that is to, you know, I know this is a dream match that, that Tony Khan, this is one of these dream matches he's been talking about that they don't want to burn through too much and they want to make sure they get the most out of them. So I'm thinking maybe Tony Khan's given like a real loose directions. Like, look, you guys, if you want to go 20, go 20. If you guys think you got 30 in you, and, and maybe they were going to kind of flex and call an audible to the remainder of the show uh, off of that. So I thought like literally, like if you put these guys in the main event, in the traditional main event spot, they have a hard out at, you know, 10 o'clock. Whereas this can allow them to kind of let the story breathe, and if, if, if you want a few more minutes, that's what I thought. Little did I, we realize that we were going to go what they were. So sixty minute time limit. This one starts off slow, a lot of just feeling each other out. Again, rightfully so because they need to uh, they need to you know keep it in first gear for a few minutes before they they ramp it up. Uh, you know, this is a really interesting match, Albert, because you have Brian Danielson, who's thirteen zero and one in his AEW career. This is Adam Page's first title defense, so you are wondering. What is this result going to be? Uh, crowds chanting for AEW before they even lock up. So already just that. It's got the fans uh, you know, uh, on, on their feet. Uh, some crazy bumps out of Hangman Page takes a front flip on the top rope onto the apron. Um, and, and these apron bumps, Alfred. I, like AEW has a customized ring. Their apron's actually wider on the outside of the ropes than, than WWE and most other rings. And they did that purposely so they could do more spots on the apron. 
but even still, I just I cringe every time I see apron bumps. I don't know about you, but yeah, no, absolutely. Because you know, they say it's the hardest part of the ring because it is, and I don't think there's really much faking taking an apron bump. That legitimately hurts, and I don't know why people do it. Yeah, so we get that bump. A page took another bump where he jumps from the top rope and crashes into the timekeeper's table, but like he just kind of crashes into the side edge of it. He the table doesn't break. It doesn't look like you know, normally in a traditional table split, it kind of breaks the fall. This this just looked like his body just flopped off the side of a table look painful as all hell and then they go to commercial break two seconds later uh so there's that well you know a lot of stuff here uh brian he's gonna go back suplex on the top rope on page page backflips and lands on his feet uh, amazing crowd reactions to that uh and then finally as the clock is winding down finally at the final seconds final five seconds left page hits the buckshot lariat but just as he hits it he can't even go for the pin because the time is up uh, Justin Roberts time cues. He was saying them to the live audience. They were, I don't know what happened. They, they were, f- you could faintly hear him talking on a mic, but it wasn't coming through the audio feed of the T of the program. So that was a little hard. Cause that didn't, that, that, that took away from a little bit of the drama. Cause I didn't know exactly where we were time wise, but nonetheless, uh, this one goes Broadway goes 60, 60 minutes, time limit draw, obviously no title change here, but a protection. Now, Brian still doesn't have a loss on his AEW career. And of course, page still, AEW world champion uh do you first off before we get to the finish just give me the match did you like the match i liked the match this reminded me of the exploding barbed wire match in that it was a very very good match that will forever be remembered by being ruined by a finish and i thought the match was good i I thought 15 minutes into this i knew they were gonna either go 59 minutes or go broadway just by the commentary in that they kept bringing up the time oh every time 15 minutes oh we're 20 minutes into this match already and it's like well then why would they keep bringing this up if they're not going long and the thing you brought up with justin roberts happened last time they went broadway in that justin roberts was announcing the time cues and you couldn't hear anything and it happened again so the next time AEW decides to do a broadway match they really need to make sure that they have justin roberts plugged in uh, to the TV monitors in terms of the TV audience being able to hear it because that's a huge part of these matches going along um, and you know maybe telling the story that you're trying to tell but I, I thought um, the match was good yeah I mean obviously his cues are coming across to the live audience but you have, but you got you know a million people at home I, I would just say I know it's not an Iron Man match you know by advertisement so it, it wouldn't make sense to have a but, but I always wonder if you get to a point where you where you now you got you're within side of 10 minutes, have a graphic come up with a clock that's just ticking a little bit. That's yes. just, you know, I mean, at that point, I mean, because look, there's obviously a clock ticking to keep time of every match as a time limit. So there's obviously there's a, there's a timekeeper's table. So there's somebody in, 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 in kayfabe, there's somebody keeping time. So just throw that time up on the screen at some point yes. um, to get around that. Yeah. So this was, I mean, first off, the match is really good. If you have the attention span and the care and also the appreciation of, the art of pro wrestling. And I mean, that like the bell to bell, I don't mean like just enjoying characters and promos, but if you enjoy the, the, the ring psychology and putting a match together, it's a very good match and a very good story. That said, I don't know how I feel about doing first off doing, doing an hour match on your weekly show. Like I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, I'll be interested to see the numbers to see what the, first and second hours do but like does that hold people to see the same two guys out there for an hour and you've cut to five commercial breaks you know their match was still going is going is down now in the final five six minutes when the top of the hour came for the second hour so if people are 
changing the channel if they are now oh it's nine o'clock eastern let me see what's going you know like I, I are they are they do they do they pick up on the drama of oh these guys have been fighting for a while according to commentary I'm gonna watch this oh this guy's bleeding like I I don't know uh, and I I don't know and you give the people this just finish of there's no there's a draw another draw for Brian Anderson so I don't know uh, I I always reference this in the Monday Night Raw and Raw does a lot of long matches not hour long but they do like two and three segment matches and they do because they have a lot of freaking time to fill because three hours and I always say that sucks because my philosophy is you know, your weekly show should be more quicker matches, quicker wrestling segments, be more focused on promos and characters, save the 20 and 30 minute matches for the pay-per-views. That's my philosophy. But obviously, again, Raw has to fill three hours and AEW puts a lot of value on on the in-ring product and what have you. So I don't know. We'll see. It was it was a good match. Good story. I don't know if I agree with with doing it. I don't know if I agree with doing it on a free show, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm very interested, like you, to see what this did with the ratings because this is a pro wrestling experiment that we saw before our very eyes, and we're going to learn a lot about uh, different styles of pro wrestling and how it uh, transcends ratings-wise because we're going to learn about the hour-long match. What did the quarter hours do? Did the audience pick up as this match went longer? And then at the same time, when this match had really a, what I thought was a bad finish and the fans are booing it, and I think people watching at home for the most part were not very happy with this finish, and I want to see what that did to the rating and that this is essentially your main event. You go on first, you go an hour, give a pretty shitty finish, and I, I want to see if that led to people tuning out and not wanting to watch the rest of the show because I have a feeling in the back of my mind the way these ratings patterns tend to work with pro wrestling that there might be people who decided that they just wanted to tap out after this, after a long match with no finish, they might not be in the mood to watch anything else because there really wasn't much more promoted on this uh, card. Right. I mean, I'll say this. For, you're right. This is an experiment. For the experiment, this was the right two guys to do it. A, a they could hang and do it. Again, it was a good match for 60 minutes. Uh, I like the the yin and the yang. You have the recognizable face, you know, who, who who's main evented WrestleManias and, and Danielson. But then you also have, uh, you know, a guy who just has such an organic um, popularity. Who you know, who's more of an AEW, you know, who uh, you know, who's an AEW uh, original, for lack of a better word. So, I mean, I think it's the right. It was the right combination of the two guys to put out there to occupy your TV screen for an hour. Um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what the trends are. I mean, AEW's audience certainly appreciates this. So, I mean, again, I think that their core audience. But I, I but I, 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 you know, I talk about this all the time. You need bandwagon fans. You need to attract new. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it does. Um, but yeah, the, the fans didn't like it. And now I wonder, where do you go from here? Because now, the, the, I mean, they have to have another match. I mean, even commentary was already talking about, we need a rematch. We need a rematch. So it's like, at this point, you have to figure that the rematch is going to be something of the effect of, there is no time limit. We're not going to, there is no such thing as a draw. This thing has to have a winner. And at that point, what are you obligated to do? Are you now obligated to have a match that goes longer than an hour? Are they supposed to go an hour and 15 minutes? Because they couldn't, I mean, like, what's the obligation now? You know, it's funny. This is the exact conversation that I, I don't know if we had it, but this was the, the kind of narrative after Brian Danielson's draw with Kenny Omega is that everybody assumed, well, they're going to do another one and they're going to go longer or whatnot. And I don't think they are going to do a rematch because Tony Khan does not like doing rematches. And I do trust AEW to tell a long-term story of Brian Danielson when he gets into these situations, going to a draw and not being able to overcome. And as NYC Demon Diva said in the chat, Brian can't finish. So maybe that's going to be the thing is that Brian Danielson, when he's in a position to finish, is not able to do that and they tell that as part of his character but i really don't think we're getting another match between brian danielson and hangman adam page somebody get the man some man manscaped and blue chew um <laughs> can't close the deal yeah we'll see um 
yeah, I mean, again, you know, longest match obviously in Dynamite history. Um, yeah, we'll see what the reaction is. We'll we'll, we'll see how they follow up with this. Uh, but nonetheless, so that's that's what it was. So I mean, if you if you have the patience and what have you, I mean, I, I definitely say go and watch a match. There's, you know, um, a lot of highlights, a lot of good action here. There's some blood, uh, but it is a long one. And just know you're going to go into this, and it's going to kind of be one of those to be continued kind of finishes to a movie. It's like going to kind of leave you kind of open ended. Um, so we'll see. They followed up though, I, and it's funny. I watched this match, and I almost tweeted this, and I didn't. I almost tweeted and said, "I don't envy whoever has to go after this match." They put the right match after this, which is they had in this. It's an advertised match. It was Wardlow versus Matt Seidel. It's the right match to put after this because you just gave people sixty minutes of wrestling. The next match does not need to be anything much, and it basically, obviously, again was a Wardlow squash match, which is exa- exactly what it should be. Just repeated power bombs, repeated power bombs. So that was the right call in terms of how you how they flow the show here. Uh, and then the story here is that he's doing the repeated power bombs. The crowd's requesting it again. Alfred. Sean Spears gets on the mic. He's telling, no, 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 no. We don't get paid by the hour. Like, just wrap this up and whatever. And Warlow looks kind of, you know, bothered that, that Spears is doing this. And then Spears starts to attack Sido with a chair. And then Spears gets the call from MJF. And uh, and MJF, and on the phone, it's relayed that, hey, Warlow, we need you to go get champagne for the victory later that MJF's going to have. So, uh, Warlow, this awesome, awesome uh, show of, of, of dominance. But, yeah, go back to get the champagne, Waterboy. So, Teasing, teasing, closer and closer we get, Alfred. Yes, closer and closer we get. And this is now a back-to-back matches where the people didn't get what they want because they wanted those power bombs. And, you know, Sean Spears cut that right off. And uh, I, I like the fact that they're now feuding. I kind of think that maybe they're a little late because I think the way to go with Wardlow and MJF splitting up is that Wardlow eventually wins MJF's dy- dynamite diamond ring. I think that'd be fantastic. That could have been something if they would have timed it better. could have happened tonight maybe. But if they could stretch this thing out another year because they keep going back to the well of Wardlow and MJF feuding and then they kind of back off of it. But if they could stretch this thing out a little bit more, I think Wardlow would really be made if he beats MJF for that dynamite diamond ring because for the past couple of battles, Royals. It's been Wardlow and MJF, I think, in that battle royal where MJF eliminates Wardlow, whether it's on accident or to save his own butt. And I think that'd be a great story to tell in terms of them really splitting up MJF and Wardlow. Yeah, I love slow burns. I love long-term burns. I think this could have the great, this could be one of those iconic moments whenever this whenever the turn does happen, the split happens. You know, we all remember uh we all remember uh, Triple H with the thumbs up, the thumbs up, and then you know this, and Orton was dropped, and Orton was catapulted into, into, into a new a new world at that time. Uh, I think it could have that same kind of feel. I don't know if I could go another year though. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if we can go another year. There's a, there gets to, there does get, does get to a point to where you just kind of check like, all right, well, they're never going to give me the ending of the story. So I don't know. That's me though. Uh, real quick kind of, <laughs> I don't know how breaking this is or it could have happened hours ago, but I saw somebody in the chat put this, uh, the young bucks who are known to uh, lean into things, the young bucks, if you go to their Twitter, their header picture is of one Jeff Hardy. Oh dear! They have a Jeff Hardy headshot as their header picture. So, well, listen, the Young Bucks know what they're doing in terms of being tapped into the wrestling zeitgeist, and who knows? Maybe we will get Jeff Hardy in AEW. I just, I would not be comfortable with that anytime soon. I don't know what's going on with Jeff Hardy. I really do hope that it's 
clear that he's okay and everything's fine before they do any type of negotiation and they're not just chasing clout because there's very serious overtones in terms of what's happening here. Matt Hardy's been saying, you know, kind of denying all the things that have been saying about Jeff Hardy. And I really hope Matt Hardy's right. I really hope this had nothing to do with that. And we're all just maybe rushed to judgment with Jeff Hardy. But the, what's important is that Jeff Hardy is okay before we start chasing all this clout. It's going to make for a good uh, podcast interview one day when we find out exactly what has happened in the last two weeks here. All right. So uh, there you go. So Wardlow uh, looking more dominant, but he's sent off to go get champagne uh, for MJF. We get a House of Black promo from Malachi Black. He's wandering around you know, his house, it looks like. <clears throat> and he's just talking about, you know, just being a leader, talking about teachings. And then as he steps outside, we see we see a masked man in a robe who's kind of putting the robe on black. And then black is kind of teaching, giving a sermon to, to this to this masked man, then spits the black mist into him. Uh, and then he says, I believe he says is, 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 the last final words, he's up close to the masked man's uh, head, uh, something about being a king. And the person kind of takes our attention. Uh, little bits of what you okay. So King is a is a as a noteworthy line. You could see a little bit of the guy's hands uh, out of the robe as he's putting the robe on Malachi Black. He does have tattoos. Uh, the the hint here that I, I I took and I saw on social media is that Brody King, mm-hmm. uh, our an R, well an ROH superstar who now ROH is going away, so everybody's a free agent. Uh, this appears maybe to be Brody King, and this would be just a perfect guy, obviously, uh, to to now be in AEW with Malachi Black, given given Brody King's history and also the history he, he you know he knows uh, the performer in Malachi Black. So uh, interesting, interesting promo that got my attention. What about you? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think Malachi Black and Brody King tagged earlier this yeah. year at an indie event. They're you know very close, and I could absolutely see that happening. And that'd be really cool. And it looks like we're getting a House of Black stable, which would fit Malachi Black. You know, I know I've said in the past that I, I like Malachi Black just solo, just a guy who's just on his own. I think that really fits him and his mystique. But he is also the type of guy, we saw The Undertaker with the Ministry of Darkness, and this is kind of that similar lane in that he has his own kind of cult. And I do think this also told me what I thought about a lot is that Julia Hart is probably going to be a member of that stable because I think the implication watching this was that when he blows a black mist in your face, it causes you to kind of think of life a different way and maybe you're going to go to his way. So I do think that Julia Hart's going to be a member of this too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, And so then to follow up to that, we see this promo later on in the night at some point. Uh, we do see a backstage interview with the Varsity Blondes, and uh, Griff Garrison's really pissed off at Malachi Black. He want, they're going to have a match next week. He's pissed. Uh, Pillman's kind of like, no, no, you're doing what he wants. You're getting riled up. You're falling into his trap, and Griff basically takes that as betrayal and just kind of shoves Pillman aside. And so they did advertise next week uh, on the big show they're going to have the, the, the Christmas edition of Dynamite, the Christmas week edition. They're going to have Garrison versus Black. So I have to think this is where we'll see uh, Julia Hart resurface. Uh, is it Julia or Julie? Julia, I believe. Julia. We'll, we'll see her resurface and maybe even the uh, reveal of, of that masked man uh, that was in the promo. So it looks like we'll get some advancement to this this House of Black stable. Um, another guy, again, another, again, fans hyping up themselves. Another guy I've seen people want, you know, what, could, could, could Wyndham, could Bray Wyatt be, you know, tied? You know, he's obviously very, you know, synonymous with cults and the darks uh I, I tend to think put him to the dark order a little bit more i just like right. the i like the unsaid the connection of he and the late brody lee and i don't know that that's that's my personal fantasy booking but we'll see what we got that'll be something to watch for next wednesday in greensboro uh which that's going to have uh, some significance we'll get to here in a second 
You said the guy under the mask had tattoos, right? Yep. Kind of like when I will say this for what it's worth. Brody King has played a stand-in for Bray Wyatt due to how similar their bodies are. So that could have just as Did easily he? been Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He's put it on true. his Twitter that uh, one time he was like a body double for Bray Wyatt. I wonder if that would have been like when they did some of the fire stuff and they were burning the fiend. Yeah, I think it was something cinematic. I, I okay. believe it was one of the fiend segments. Okay. Well, I, I, you're right. I mean, I, I think the thing that you know, the thing that kind of pushes Wyndham aside and it goes to Bruder King is, is Black saying King, that being the last word yeah. of whatever that sentence was, um, is is where where we head with that. And the fact again that it's kind of like kind of like a gem because you know the news of Ring of Honor, be, you know, being done and all these all these contracts now all of a sudden are done and all these wrestlers are free agents like all right well now we can grab this guy yeah it's, everything it's, lines up for it to be a brody king but uh in the back of my mind i, I hope it's bray white yeah I, i'm waiting i mean i assume bray white's gonna win them whatever he's gonna show up uh eventually at AEW. we'll see we get some women's action serena d versus hikaru shida this is a rubber match between these ladies uh Shida's gonna get the to get the pins she's gonna get the win here on serena d this match uh you know, had, had a decent amount of hype and promotion going into it and uh was competitive and uh, a good showing for shida I, I, Alfred, I think I saw it. Is Shida going back to Japan? Is, so is it, I thought I saw something like she might be going back to Japan now in the early part of 2022. Oh, really? I'll I didn't be, see be, that. I thought I saw that. Maybe maybe somebody correct me if I'm wrong or, or expand on what I thought I saw or heard. But anyways, it got me wondering like, what's her situation with AEW in terms of contract or what have you. Yeah. Just because we're coming up on January, and January is where a lot of these contracts were signed in the first place uh, several years ago at the announcement of AEW. So I'm wondering whose contracts might be coming up. Yeah, it looks like she's returning to Japan soon. In February. Interesting. Well, yeah, interesting for well, her to go over if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, Jody Sean Jenkins, 5 Canadian. I just want to say how week in, week out, AEW is much more compelling TV for a true wrestling fan. The first hour alone was better than the last six years of WWE. I mean, I'll say this. AEW, especially when I have the comparison of, of doing this show with Alfred on Wednesdays, I do, you know, doing the show on Monday after Raw, I mean... I have to pay a lot more attention and, and the amount and the pages of notes that I end up taking of notes of, of things that happen or just ideas that pop in my head or opinions. Th- there is a lot that happens for, for better or worse. There are things that happen at AEW and I'm like, well, this is stupid, but I mean, it, but it is a packed show of things to talk about and have opinions on where raw is just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Oh, uh, what did I write about this last week? How can I word this differently? Yeah. You know, it depends on what, but it depends on what you're. It, it depends on what you're tuning in and what you're looking for as a wrestling fan, I suppose. Uh, again, if you want bell to bell action, yeah, AEW is going to give it to you, and they're going to give it, and they're going to give you original matches. And Raw is going to give you long matches too, but uh, you might have seen it four or five other times. So, I don't know. The biggest difference, I think, in the, I would say, the biggest advantage AEW has over WWE right now is that they seem in lockstep with their fan base. It seems like a cohesive effort to make this show good, and the fans really want to cheer what's going on or support what's going on, whether it's booing somebody or you know they they act the way AEW wants them to act, and I think it's because AEW gives understands its fan base and gives them what they want. Whereas, you know, in WWE's fan base, they do seem to be a lot more contentious with the, what the, the fans in the, the WWE does. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, you're, you're right. Let's say, you know, if AEW has <clears throat> 10,000 people in that arena, it's almost like having 10,000 very passionate 
paid studio audience members. And what I mean by that is like you don't have beach balls flying around or the the, the fans hijacking shows as as we've seen happen and and WWE shows and 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 hot controversial markets, Chicago, New York, etc. Um, but it's like an AEW, they all are you know they know to boo Brian Danielson because he's shifted as a heel in this story and he's kicking the dark orders heads off. So they know to boo him when he gets introduced, but yet moments later, because they still have this respect and appreciation, appreciation for him. They're chanting AEW, AEW, because they're so happy to see these two guys staring and, and they're, and they're doing the let's go, Brian cowboy shit, you know, back and forth. So it's like, right. they play along. You're right. They, they, they have this, they have this willing audience that is almost like they're paid, instructed, scripted. This is what you need to say at this time. Of course, they're not paid instructor. They've actually paid Tony Khan to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a beautiful thing if you're AEW that you have this going on right now. Again, I call that the honeymoon phase. Eventually, as things go on, as it as it just is, you can't avoid. It. I mean, there it's gonna there there's gonna be times where there's gonna be revolt and there's gonna be whatever whatever. I mean, we'll see how AEW reacts to that. But for right now, they have everybody just playing along. Everybody is team AEW. There's nobody who is going to an AEW show bitching about it. Right. No, that's a good point. Except for tonight. <laughs> a lot of people well, in that building were, were not happy with that finish, but no, I, I agree with that. Well, MJF wasn't happy he's in Texas. He comes out for a promo before his match. He, uh, uh, the Texas is, is all chanting, you suck. He says, well, Texas, your daughter swallows. <laughs> um, he talks about how, you know, CM Punk and the guy that comes back after a long time being away and to come back only to have an undefeated streak of beating a bunch of, you know, not interesting guys, underwhelming opponents. You're just an, you're just another version of Ryback, uh, a Ryback name drop. What do you Ryback think? Ryback made the. Ch- I just think it tells me that they're really starting to run low on these WWE references. If if we're getting Ryback has entered the chat, but let me keep it coming. I think this is a byproduct of having a lot of WWE guys in AEW. Is that then when it comes time to tell the story, AEW has not been around long enough for an origin story referencing another AEW feud. You kind of have to make references to years ago when they were in WWE. So that's why I think we see the golden shovel and the sledgehammer and Ryback and WrestleMania and Miz and all these WWE references. Yeah. Uh, that got a big pop out of the crowd. Um, and then, you know, and then MJF kind of just, you know, tags it off with, you know, I don't have to walk around saying I'm the best in the world. I just am. So a nice little mic drop, mic drop promo for MJF. Um, yeah, there to, to kind of you know keep the fuel going with uh, CM Punk, and then we have um, MJF versus Dante Martin. MJF for uh, the first you know portion of the match, a lot of heat, just you know beating down on Dante Martin. He's in control. Uh, then Dante gets some high flying spots in one of note. He gets a springboard shooting star press Ooh. to the outside where he overshot MJF and basically just uh, Dante Martin just flat face bumped onto the outside ground. It looked painful, but uh, he'd get up probably running on adrenaline. He'll feel it tomorrow. Uh, Dante Martin is soup again. And, he, and mind you have Taz on commentary and Taz is obviously mad because Dante Martin, you know, and, and Leo rush, you know, swerved him. Uh, Dante is, he's high flying. He's fun to watch. He gets crazy hang time. I will say this, and this goes for any wrestler, but this, this uh, I think applies to Dante Martin. If you can't throw good strikes, good punches, don't throw them at all. Dante Martin's up doing the one, two, three, the the, the, the ten count punch on uh, MJF, and they took a one camera angle that was so unflattering. Dante Martin wasn't even touching MJF; he's basically punching the turnbuckle pad. And I was like, "No!" First off, somebody cut the camera, 
<laughs> go to a different camera. And secondly, not, if you can't throw strikes, don't get up there and do a big old 10 punch. Don't do it. Stick to jumping around. Stop that. Uh, ultimately, though, uh, ultimately, though, uh, Dante, uh, uh, he's going to end up getting um, – uh, he's going to end up uh, getting a pin on MJF. MJF won two, and then Starks comes out, puts MJF's foot on the ropes. You know, obviously Starks getting back at Dante for being eliminated last week, and then MJF's going to lock in an armbar and get the win. FTR is out to celebrate with MJF. They're celebrating. They're beaten down. Uh, here comes Sting and Darby. Sting and Darby's out there, but now it's still three on two, so here comes CM Punk with Sting's bat to chase off the heels. And CM Punk says next week it's going to be three on three. CM Punk, Sting, and Darby Allen up against FTR and MJF. It's going to be in Greensboro, Alfred. It's going to be the first time in 27 years that the Stinger has wrestled in Greensboro. Oh, my God. Love it. No, that's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, the thing with Dante Martin, he's very young. And one thing, like, I think what sets guys like Ray Phoenix and even Leo Rush apart from people in terms of their greatness and high flying is body control. And Dante Martin is might be too athletic for his own good. I think it's a good problem to have and something that he's going to settle into. But, I mean, we saw another spot where he did, like, a standing 450 splash. which there might be, You might be able to count on one hand how many people can do a standing four, uh, 450 splash, but it's neatly right on MJF. And so I feel like he gave himself a receipt with that shooting star that over uh, shot MJF. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he, he's definitely still rough around the edges, but I think he's got all the potential in the world. And they, they gave him so much that I was just thinking in the back of my mind that of course he's going to lose his match given how much they're just giving him against MJF and flying all over the place. But it's really breathtaking to watch. And I do think it adds an element of um, suspense knowing that the guy doesn't have all the body control in the world that uh, you never know where he's going to land. So uh, yeah, I thought this is fine. Uh, I think it's great that MJF has this dynamite diamond ring thing that he three-peats with now. It's like a dynasty, so now you could use it to make somebody else. Uh, and, um, yeah, yeah, very. I thought it was a fine match. Uh, kind of an underwhelming main event in terms of, you know, I don't think they spent enough time building something like this up considering the fact they started with their main event. So I'll be very interested to see how many people stuck around for something like this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, again, you said earlier, it was an experiment. Let's put the world title match out there for an hour draw in the first hour. And then let's put what wasn't a squash, but again, MJF's feeding with a CM Punk. I don't think anybody's expecting MJF who hasn't, you know, who's, you know, who's, he's not going to lose to Dante Martin. So it's, yeah, we'll see. Well, again, the fans play along. So we'll see. We'll see what the viewing audience at home did. They play along. We'll take a look at it. So next week they're in Greensboro. Obviously, they're, they're marketing around Sting having a match there, first time in 27 years. Uh, if anybody younger fans wondering why Greensboro, Greensboro is that was a hot market for NWA, WCW, you know, late eighties, early nineties sting coming up, uh, and, and sting coming up in that time period, he was the big baby face working the heel in Ric Flair. They're in Greensboro next week. The following week after that, the first show in TBS, when they moved to TBS, they're in Charlotte, North Carolina. So they are in Flair country for the next two weeks. Obviously, we know Ric Flair's done with WWE and his 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 association with them. Uh, I don't know. Again, here we are, fans. We're we're building up that we got to see these surprises, these names. But I do think it's interesting that Sting, one of Flair's greatest in-ring rivals, uh, Sting's having a match next week. We're in Greensboro, and then we're in Charlotte. And again, you want to make a big splash and move to TBS. TBS is where Ric Flair wrestled for showing for that channel he wrestled on for so many years. I don't know. I just I'm just putting it all out there, uh, putting it all out there, letting everybody get their own hype going here. 
Yeah, if, if there is a time to debut Ric Flair in AEW, the fact that not only it's in Charlotte, but the channel switch, which, you know, you really, really want to drive home that they're going to a new channel and you really want to get people in the habit of going to that new channel and attaching that to Ric Flair will be on TBS to start off the new year. I think I think all that lines up perfectly. I mean, the cancel culture stench is kind of starting to wane from Ric Flair. He's doing a podcast. It's very interesting. Seems to make a lot of headlines every time he does it with uh, Mark Madden. And um, it'll be interesting. We'll we'll see if he shows up on TBS. But I think AEW should at least be kicking the tires on a Ric Flair appearance for TBS to just kind of load that show up as much as possible because switching networks is a big deal, especially with pro wrestling fans. They're one of the biggest creatures of habit in terms of how they watch pro wrestling and when they watch pro wrestling. And since AEW's inception, they are used to Wednesday night on TNT. So you really need to kind of drive that home and do maybe one of those CM Punk builds where you're promoting Ric Flair without promoting Ric Flair. But uh, somehow, if they get Ric Flair, I think that'd be a good way to do it. I'm curious if Ric Flair is on AEW TV, uh, what kind of trouble that might cause Charlotte in terms of internally, what she might have to deal with at the office. I don't know if it, uh, if it would at all. So Rick actually had a very interesting day. So uh, from this from this moment right now, again, if you're listening on delay, if you're listening on Thursday or whenever, I'm speaking right now at 11.04 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. So seven hours ago, uh, a clip from Rick's latest podcast, uh, the Woo Nation Uncensored with Mark Madden, as you mentioned. Uh, Rick talked about Brian Danielson. And kind of got some, you know, kind of ruffle the Brian Danielson fan base, especially the AEW fan base. Which, if you say anything, the AEW fan base is nuts. Oh, yeah. You can't. There's no. There's no. There's, you can't even debate them. If you're a diehard AEW, like you know, frontline, you know, gonna die for the call, you just can't have a conversation with them. Well, Rick pissed them off because seven hours ago it was tweeted a quote from this clip of Rick saying, and he's talking about Brian Danielson. He goes, "As a babyface, he's not Ricky Steamboat. As a heel, he's not me." So that kind of like that, and then he goes on to talk about Brian Danielson, and you know, you know, questioning if he, you know, what's what what level he needs to be, what sentences he needs to be spoken of. But then Rick, just an hour ago, tweeted out after this one-hour Broadway, tweets out, "I've done so many hour draws, some great, some average. Tonight, you gentlemen set a new bar. The wrestling world can learn from Adam Page and Brian Danielson. Congratulations!" Yeah. Woo! So Rick changing his tune there a little bit uh, on, well, you know, which again, then I'm sitting here thinking if he is set the debut in a couple weeks, does, does Tony Khan see that comment from seven hours ago and send him a text like, Hey, yeah, get with it. Get the guy, get, get my main event guy over. Stop. Don't bury him. Yeah, that's the first thing uh, I thought of when I heard that because I, I wasn't aware. I was aware of what he said about Brian Danielson, but I was not aware of that tweet that he sent out an hour ago. And yeah, you know, me thinking just like maybe he's just trying to smooth things over when he has to be in the same room as these guys in terms of like, oh no, no, brother, they did a great job. These are two of the greats, and uh, we're you know, <laughs> but listen, these AEW fans are crazy when you say something they don't agree with. So maybe they got to Rick and he, he was able to see things a different way. Yeah, I mean, I I, I appreciate loyalty. I mean, you know, I'm a guy living in Pittsburgh for I've been in Pittsburgh now for 16 years. I still wear my Washington Capitol stuff proudly. Hey. I'm I have I have suffered through a lot of years as a Washington football fan. I mean, you know, Baltimore Orioles fan. I mean, I'm all about loyalty. I'm all about remembering where you come from. I'm all about loyalty. But like the AEW loyalists, like Tony Khan's not putting money in your pocket. Calm down. Relax. It's okay to have a debate. It's okay if some things aren't always the best. Again, I will agree with you. AEW is the funnest thing to watch week in, week out. Uh, that doesn't mean it's a perfect show, but it's a fun show. I love to watch AEW. I love to watch Dynamite and come do this podcast with Alfred. But I'm also 
able to be aware enough to say there are some things that they do and they try to they try to rewrite their own rules and own style that I think is open for open for criticism. But that doesn't mean that's all that's all that's that's it. End of statement, end of period. But some AEW fans, they can't even take that. That's not yeah. a that's not allowed. There's a fine line between loyalty and tribalism and just kind of blindly following something to where, you know, I like to think that I, I'm just very even handed. If I don't like something, I don't like something. And if I like something, I do. But I think some people see, especially when you're going after AEW because it's so new and they are, like you said, in the honeymoon phase, that if you dismiss AEW, you're kind of seen as a hater and yeah. and it just, you know, <laughs> they're not big fans yeah. of you saying anything bad about AEW. I mean, and there's some WWE fans that do it, but it's not nearly as bad. I, I mean, I have like a rule on Twitter. I don't even, I don't, you don't get a reply from me if your profile picture is of another wrestler. If your profile picture is not of you, if your profile picture is of a wrestler, is of some other dude or woman that's not you, you don't get a reply. I'm sorry. You just don't. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to see your handle that says you're, Young Bucks cousin four nine four nine like no like I and and a picture of 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 no put put a picture up of yourself if you're if you're gonna talk crazy let me at least be able to identify you in a lineup all right you don't <laughs> That's get a, a reply great policy you know Matt Hardy just came out with a new update to his Twitter policy that he will not be responding to negativity I think he should add that too I will not be responding to you if your profile picture is of another guy who wrestles That's just my rule <laughs> I'd rather you not have a profile picture and you be one of those Twitter eggs. I'd rather that. Not really, because then I think, again, you're just afraid to, to, to own up and be seen and picked out of a lineup, so you just decided to not have a profile picture at all. But if you're of another of another, of another dude or another girl, sorry. Nope. Yeah. You're disqualified. What you, what you tweeted does not count. All right. Uh, as always, thank you, everybody. Thanks for the wonderful Super Chats. Thanks for the, just all the comments. Anyway, I know, I know this, this chat room, they start coming in here hours before we even get on the air they, they they're, they're watching dynamite chatting with each other before we even come on the air that's pretty cool it's kind of like a little yeah. watch party here on uh, on wrestling's youtube um as always tweet us at this is nasty at justin labar what do you like about the podcast what do you want more of how are you listening to us where are you listening to us uh love hearing that's always fun uh those are the tweets i will like and respond to i'd prefer you to have your own profile picture but i might make an exception if it's a positive comment uh so all that stuff we love it uh, alfred and i will be back next wednesday for the christmas week edition uh, of aew dynamite uh as they uh, get ready uh for their greensboro show and of course we all get ready to celebrate christmas if you're celebrating uh that holiday alfred where can people find you what do you got coming up at forbes coming up on forbes and i can't wait for this to come out uh, tomorrow the story that's developing is the merchandise sales of hook have been moving and uh you know that is a forbesian story in terms of business and i'm so happy that it is a story because i think hook he's just got something man and you know i didn't predict i didn't facetiously predict that they'd do a million views with hook but it looks like his appeal is more to the merchandise so you'll hear more about that on forbes follow me at this is nasty and youtube pro wrestling bits yeah hook we didn't talk about hook but i, I mean I, that hell of a debut real quick if, if you haven't seen hook's debut on rampage i didn't watch it live i don't watch rampage live too often but i went and obviously went back to see it hell of a debut he's got good music he's got a look he's got a presence about him he moves in the ring well crowd responded to him i mean he you know he's the kind of guy that you know looks like he can kick maybe some ass and he's got but he's also could appeal to that female demo i mean you, you get you get him stealing somebody's girlfriend in AEW. You might, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that Hook can do. And as Alfred just mentioned, he's apparently moving some merch. So um, that goes a long way. That's a, that's a metric that always 
uh, can push you to the front of the line of the booking. So yeah, hook. We'll we'll keep an eye on what happens there uh, with with, uh, with the the secret the secret weapon of Team Taz. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, he's uh, Alfred Kunawa at this is nasty on Twitter. Of course, find him at Forbes. Like I said, I'm at Justin Labar. Uh, you can see me next Friday morning, Busted Open Radio, uh, with uh, on Sirius XM with Dave LaGreca and Mark Henry. It's going to be a uh, wild, wild 2022. I can feel it. We're in in 2021 with a bang. We'll see how EW Dynamite does next week. Love it. Comment, like, share, do what you got to do. Be good to everybody. See you next week. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.